Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show This week's guest, friend of the show, director Connor Morrissey. Connor Morrissey. Are you there, sir? Yes. Hi. TV's Connor Morrissey. <laughs> um, that's me. Well, that's me, yes. So, a bit of housekeeping, first of all. Um, just to be clear, what country are you in? I am in Italy at the moment. I'm talking to you from Via Machiavelli in the centre of Rome. Okay. Uh, and when did you leave this country? Because you were in this country for for a few, a few months. Or three months? <laughs> no, it just feels like... You've, we were in this country and had kept thinking, when are we hanging out? And then suddenly... Oh, sorry, you mean when I wonder where I live? Or when was I actually there? Well, I was in the country for, for... I was in the country for 10 weeks. 10, 10, 10. Yes, Love. 10 weeks. But there was a technical geographical issue in that I was in Cardiff. Mm. And you were in Brighton. And that's my fault. Well, well it's, not, it's not my fault. So it's probably your fault. Mm-hmm. Probably. So, you know, I kind of waited patiently. I baked I baked various pies. <laughs> I stood wearing an apron, nervously nervously tugging at it so it looked neat and you yeah. never you never walked through that door. No. I do have a question though. In the span of our twenty two relationship, in that twenty years, how much time have you spent standing at a gate in your apron <laughs> with the smell of baking wafting through your from your kitchen yeah. waiting for me? How much time have you well, it's, been in that state? Yeah, I guess uh, if you think about it, how long have we known each other? 20, 22 years. So we're looking at 2001. Three, three charred pies or cakes per week <laughs> that, that, that have take, probably, put, probably put two hours into each, right? So let's go with, I'm going to do this on the calculator, six hours times 52, <laughs> 312 times 22 years that is <laughs> 6864 hours of uh just waiting at a game just, what's the interesting thing is is that my hope dies and and sinks sort of with the cake do you know yeah. what i mean so it's like it starts rising in the oven and the smell permeates the house yeah. and it is yeah. the, it's the smell of hope and love yeah, and then and I'm imagining uh, you're 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 visualizing my hobnail boots walking <laughs> along with some screaming like pavement. Yeah, just crunching purpose on the gravel, crunching, yeah. crunching on the gravel. So that's yeah. keeping you keeping your energy up. Imagine the sound of my approach. And I know, which, which I know is, if you're coming or not, because yeah. I know that the old gate will creak. Yeah, and then there's like another nine minutes until you reach my <laughs> my door, and that's when I start smoothing myself down and. Um, <laughs> Making sure that my lipstick's all right and that my hair's perfect. Otherwise, because we both know you, you get furious if my hair's not perfect. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, so I'll be I'll be a nervous wreck I at just, this point. And then I think 
I didn't. I've not heard the gate, and I, I sort of look at my watch, and I just think, don't, don't, don't let this be about time again. Yeah. Just let him be the man he is. Yeah. And Give him his nine minutes to walk from the gate. Yeah. To the front let door. Him, let him decompress. You could talk about your front garden and the size of it. It's taking yeah. you nine minutes to walk from the front gate. And I'm just there, trying, trying not to let any emotion, you know, show on my face. Mm. And then what happens is, I start to realise that. He's still the gate still hasn't creaked. Yeah, and so m minute by minute, the timing of waiting for you and the baking, and it, the the cake or the pie being perfect starts to go wrong, and then it's like, do I go back in and take the pie out now? Or and I've timed it all perfectly, but it's like now, minute by minute, you're not being there is sort of ruining it. Yeah. And then what starts to happen is my face starts to become serious and then eventually it's like it curdles and I become angry right and there's like I've got red eyes at this point yeah yeah and then oh, okay it gets to the point where I'm like the oven can just burn the cake until it doesn't exist anymore okay the, you know the well when fire. the penny drops with you and you realise I'm in a tavern somewhere <laughs> sharing body jokes <laughs> with yeah. sailors yeah yeah um, telling the same stories again and telling the same stories over and over again. Mm. Um, you know, when that when the penny drops, then yeah. how do you yeah. respond? How does that manifest itself physically? Um, when you when you realise I'm I was in the tavern again. Well, sharing body jokes. Because, but by the time it's become clear that that is what's happening again for yeah. the third time this week, possibly yeah. for the six hundred eight six thousand eight hundred and sixty seventh time. Fine, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, is it always the same reaction? It is always the same reaction. And yeah, yeah. the the people I feel for are the the uh, the fire crew who have to attend my house every week, yeah. who carry me, my limp body from <laughs> from the from the smoky remains of the of the uh, of the cottage. Yep. And they put me on the grass, and they just look. At, they always just put me down, and they say, <laughs> "It's time to let him go." It's time to let him go, Sinead. Why did they call you Sinead? That's interesting. Yeah. Right, okay. And I, I'm guessing when they say it's time to let him go, Sinead, yeah. is there, are there tones of voices mm. soft? Oh, you just, yeah, very caring. Very, very caring, yeah. Or just empathetic, there's, yeah. There's a very, there's the, you know, the, uh, I don't know what who you, what, what the name of the chief of the, of the fire crew is. Mm. Very empathetic. The rest of them, are like this has to stop. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, I mean they're they're eat... they're concerned. Right? Well, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah, I've I've been responsible for uh, so far another thirty nine deaths because they <laughs> <laughs> because they they have to come to my house three times a week because I yeah. if effectively yeah you're effectively pulling them off from yeah. serious incidents yeah yeah. Look, yeah let's not let's not mess about I'm effectively screaming for attention by burning a cake on purpose three times a week because yeah. of your drinking yeah. yeah and other people are dying yeah. you know and uh i think I, I would respectfully suggest that i i feel that you've got yourself into some kind of unhealthy cycle there. feels like a pattern doesn't yeah, it? yeah it, does. it feels like a pattern it, and it feels like an unhealthy one um because i don't think i'm ever going to not i'm not going to stop frequenting the tavern yeah, but that's what makes it also sexy, isn't it? It's like I can't, I can't change him. I can't change him. But maybe if I burn one more cake and one more, one more family burned to death in their houses, right? Maybe, maybe this time when he sees when he sees in the local paper that um, yet another fire has been left unattended, yeah, because of. Because of the village nutcase, Sinead O'Shaughnessy, <laughs> burning another one of her pity cakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Well, yeah. But you—that took a detour. What? What makes me? Well, the bit that gets me is that nobody ever lays any of the blame at your door. You just waltz into the pub, yeah, telling another one of your golf jokes. And yeah, yeah. Well, like say there's like nothing better than golf jokes. I exaggerating, think exaggerating one of your stories about being trapped in a boat in a storm. Mm. 
and they just lap it up every time. Up, you know, and and um, there usually is a point though. In my defence, there usually is a point going. Oh, I need to be somewhere else. She need. Yeah. You know, and then that's usually the point when somebody just drops another pint of ale in front of me. Yeah. And 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 urges me to tell another anecdote, which I like. I like the idea that you're also looking at your watch, going, "I really should be." Yeah, she'll. Yeah, she likes. To, she does a cake, but I, oh. I'll I'll try and get back, and then you get carried away with the uh, the 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 crack and the the rambunctious atmosphere in this pub. Well, when you have an audience of you know hardy toothless sailors hanging on your every word. It's it's hard to sort of disengage and put yourself away Bring, because bringing over another trembling tray of pints and exactly. flapping you on the back it just makes you feel valued and listened to, doesn't it? Yeah. Did it ever occur to you? I mean, that I actually may not be able to leave the tavern so easily because these anecdotes are big demanded. I thought what you were going to say is, has it ever occurred to you that maybe I need this? What was that? Yeah. You know. You know. And um, also, little do I know, and you can't tell me because it'd be heartbreaking, that there has been, there has been a few occasions where you've, you've, you've stopped the story short. You've looked at the pub clock. Yeah. And you've put, you've, you've thrown your coat on and you've left on time. And then there's, on the way, you've found like a little Jack Russell with its, with its paw stuck in a grid. And you've helped the little fella. Yeah. Completely innocently and in good faith and that 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 one time that it wasn't your fault that you were late and you you walked up the gate but it was too late and you could see the sort of plume of smoke yeah yeah black and, smoke really black smoke yeah and yeah. you you ran as fast as you could which is difficult with a permanent limp in hobnail boots <laughs> carrying a jack russell in a sack but you ran and I was sort of splayed dramatically in the front garden. Yes. And when I woke up in the hospital and you were there um, with your hat off and a bunch of flowers, <laughs> you um, you tried your best to explain, but I wouldn't look at you. I wouldn't talk. And, and yeah. I think that is where this started to go wrong. Yeah. I think that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you seem to care so little for the Jack Russell. Yeah, um, no, I didn't. I just literally. Well, the Jack Russell at that point was in the bed beside you. As you, as you said in the letter you wrote me, that poor little mite has been written out of history. <laughs> I know. I remember that letter. God, I wrote it by candlelight. I know. I know. And again, your ill-formed letters, you know, God bless you for trying. Not a not a learned man. No, no. Syntax was never my but, um, point. But that that kind the kindly shoemaker helped you <laughs> helped you with your with your your basic literacy. And he did. And the the kindly shoemaker who knows the the fire chief as well. <laughs> they were talking in the background, and the kindly shoemaker said that you know maybe I need to re rethink. You know my whole approach to to Sinead, yeah. Because he said that the village talks of little else. Yeah, I know. It's... And um, and there's deep concern. You know, it's mean like it's got to the point, hasn't it, where as you approach the village in a car from the north, there's a sign up saying, "Do not mention Sinead in this." In it, this if you if you want if you want to enjoy our hospitality. Please, please ignore all attempts to discuss Sinead and Connor. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. That was a wonderful introduction <laughs> into today's episode. Yes. That's for the for the for the benefit of the listeners. Um, Connor and I have known each other for, as he said, twenty two years. Or six thousand burnt cakes. Yeah, six thousand eight hundred and whatever it was, burnt cakes. We first we we shared a flat together in London many years ago, and are still buddies. And Connor is a, a a director, as in not like traffic or sitting around a boardroom table making um, venal decisions, but <laughs> he is yeah, in fact a, a how would you describe it? 
highly accomplished. A highly accomplished, do you call yourself a film director? I know you're like working in TV, but is it just a director? I just call him a director because, yeah, mostly doing TV at the moment. So, yeah, film director would be a bit fancy. And you, when you say the word director, you always make that little square shape with your hands that re represents the frame of a movie, right? Yes, and I puff out my yeah. chest. Puff out your chest, wearing a kind of jaunty cap at, mm. and a, a silk scarf. And my subtext is pretty much, quite defensively, you got something to say about that? Yeah, always, always with the defensive. Chin juts out a little bit. Mm. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, uh-huh, so... You're all right with that? Yeah, you're all right with that. Uh, is that going to be a problem here? It's going to be a problem here. Exactly. It's never been a problem for me, but, okay, but at the same time, it has utterly poisoned every conversation we've ever had because <laughs> it's just the... Yeah, well, you said yesterday, didn't you? You said, what are we going to talk about? And yeah. I, and, and I said, your monstrous ego, question mark. Uh -huh. And... To which I replied... Your soul-crushing insecurity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fair. Just, you know. That's fair. It does, that again, that poisons our dialogue a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I am very, very, very uh, defensive and uh, touchy in terms of basically screaming for your attention and never getting it. So <laughs> that that that's where, that's where the Sinead stuff comes in. But... Uh, yeah, we, we have, well, people that listen regularly to this podcast will know that uh, there are some people that I have on here There's just sort of a fairly sort of like <clears throat> basic uh, sh sharing of a sense of humour and, and two-way uh, respect and a bit of fun and a bit of ribbing. But then you've got like Alistair and Miles where there's like a more sort of sinister comedy bullying relationship. And then there's us, which is like... Uh, our, our our joke, our shtick is kind of like a uh, dreadful romance that never never concluded itself. That's just turned into a a really passive aggressive, bitter sort of yeah. uh, psychological warfare. Yeah. the the uh, The texts that we share are often it, it 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 doesn't take long for them to escalate and all kinds of accusations to fly. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But they always make me laugh. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Um, but just, I just find unreasonableness extremely funny. Yeah, it's great. I just when, find it's really funny, and uh, for no reason, for, uh, for for little reason, people being unreasonable is is, is very very funny. And um, uh, whether whether that be through unnamed family members that we all may have lived with in our lives, or or actually certain relationships we've been in. At some point, everyone's been in a relationship where the other person or yourself or more likely both of you get into a, uh, get onto a frequency where you are, you're basically trying, you're trying to make everything the other person's fault. Yeah. So the dialogue can become, it's just so, so embarrassing and petulant when you look back at it. Uh, but, you know, when you're in those kind of moments, right, is there a part of you that sort of steps out of yourself and goes, look at the state of me. Look at how ridiculous I'm being. Uh, and isn't this kind of like, isn't this kind of really in some way funny or is the moment too serious for that? I, I, I um, envy the people who, there are people, someone was telling me, uh, another family friend that uh, when they were young, it was just my mum talking about for family friends, that when the mum used to be telling the girl off when she was younger and it was trying to be serious, that they would end up bursting out laughing because yeah. there's something, there is something absurd about anger, even though yeah. it's completely natural emotion. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, like within a romantic relationship, that pettiness that, comes up between people it is it is absurd and and it would be nice to be able to within sort of two minutes to sort of burst out laughing and go and listen to us listen but to but us. but the ego kicks in and yeah exactly. quite often someone just really needs to be right yeah and i think 
it it would be the equivalent of developing a superpower if you if you somehow are able to develop that presence of mind to go to rise above yourself and hear it, hear it when you're being a dick basically and, no, and go super do you know what i'm gonna walk away from this because this is silly i'm being silly you're being silly and we're better than this it i think it's something i've genuinely been trying to in in a roundabout way by working on lots of stuff i'd like to think that i now hold myself to those kind of standards but it, I, I, it's easy for me to say that because i'm not currently in a sort of a daily a daily relationship with another person well well i think the i think maybe you won't I mean, doing it within two minutes, that really would be a superpower. But I guess the quicker you can sort of get around to it, mm. probably the better for you and for whoever it is, your partner, whoever it is you're arguing with. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a well-known technique that really should, everyone should be capable of going, all right, time out. Mm. I love how this has now turned into really constructive relationship <laughs> advice. Yeah, I know. Well, you see, the thing is, and I'm fine. Get the Sinead stuff out. We did. I need which is kind of laying out the problem, and now it's like, okay. But, um, but yeah, no, but it's interesting stuff because I do. I like the idea now of. Uh, I think I'm. Uh, I'm at a point where having just arrived in this new town and got Ooh. my head up and like feeling really good and. How's all that going? Oh, that's all great. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll we'll get onto that definitely, but like. I sort of feel, I can feel a difference in me now that if I actually sort of met someone and got on with them, that it would be, it would now be possible to have a kind of relationship, which I don't think I've really been in that space for a very long time, right? For, for various reasons, but I'm I'm intrigued as to how I w I've not done that for so long, you know, I've not been living with someone for ten years, ten years. Uh, it would be interesting to see how I reacted then to those basic daily. I want this, so I want that. What's wrong with you? No, I know there's something wrong. Oh, oh do, do, you know, yeah. like close quarters living. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not done that for a long time, and uh, oh. I'd like to think that I uh, have developed developed a lot in in that time, but I have not really had a chance to test it out. So, well, this could be an idea for a reality show. Uh huh. Just stand, you know, put Nico in, you know. <laughs> Close quarters. In close quarters with a range of an array of people. See how it goes. You, you might actually be, you, there might actually be some sort of idea in that, which is people like people who have been living on their own so long. Yeah, yeah. And then putting them in with other people. I quite like that. Well, it is because I remember I had, I had I like aunts who never married who were amazing, but like they were literally, their lives were just, you know, they're very, you know, they're, on their own, you know, and yeah. it's just, it was, it was a to mindset, you know, um, and bringing another person into that space, the longer you're single, the more challenging, I guess it is to, to live close quarters, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, it's all about compromises, compromises, and just having to just go, the, sort of the, the little dance and the navigation around. Mm. Uh, that other person accepting that it won't all be like how you want it on literally a daily basis I mean obviously every kid teaches you that anyway yeah exactly well kids do have a habit of knocking that into you pretty quickly mm. going but 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 I want my kids to be deep no oh okay yeah oh, mm. but um yeah that'd be interesting and, and it's been in the air a bit because like and uh got other mates or a specific other mate who's just sort of like moved into his own place again, and yeah, we've been we've been chatting about. Is it, oh, is he doing? Is it a relationship? Is he? Uh, half. I won't I won't go into it because it's not my business. But but yeah, I'm just saying. I've uh, been have been discussing. Um, like there is there is something wonderful about your own space, and it not being fucked with. <laughs> like and actually right now, and I'll lead this leads on to you saying how's it going. So I've moved down to Hove and I'm kind of like in my own little flat. And uh, after I was in the, the cottage and things were like eggy and I wasn't well and there was no social life and I was like really miserable for so long, I did wonder, like I knew I was going to like it here, but I did think, but what if I move down here and I move into this flat and and then like I'm struggling with living on my own? Will that, will, will I, have I, 
have I been on my own too long sort of thing. But instead, I've just... There's basically so much fun to be had outside of the flat that now the flat is genuinely like a refuge. So actually, I'm really happy living on my own again at the moment. Which is nice. You're in a you're in a great spot, aren't you? Like yeah. the, uh, down that neck of the woods, like it's. I think if we were to come up and live in the UK, I would say Brighton or Hove would be kind of pretty much top of the list. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of, hopefully, next time, next time you make it over for ten weeks, you might you might um, <laughs> you might yes, uh, I will consider I will consider me worth the effort like you used to. Uh, when you used to I, enthusiastically be I was sending really links busy. of pubs saying, oh, this looks like it'll be a nice uh, roast, babe. Why don't we do this? <laughs> on, why don't we do this on Sunday and uh, the two of us can just laugh like the old times? Oh, dear. Do you didn't, I, I saw, I saw, you know, the Onion? The, the, there was an article or a headline in the Onion um, which just made me laugh so much. Basically, it read, man's use of babe in inverted commas increases exponentially as girlfriend closes in the truth so basically <laughs> the, more she, the more she figures out right yeah, yeah. that he's gone off and slept with somebody else yeah. the more frequently he used the words babe <laughs> and then the last line is man was last spotted racing after his girlfriend's car shedding he oh he'd reached peak babe and it was basically babe 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 as her car screeched off down the street to, to spend the life of their sister like <laughs> that's good it's just, it's just like a beep of beep I'll tell you what blokes that, blokes getting found out what a what a, of, of in, a comic institution that is I have to say I'll I'll it. just when I think that they can't better themselves I see a, I see a, a, a headline like that I just go oh, it's just based so fantastic I was I can't remember what the specific sketches were but I was shown there's a there's a serious name drop coming here, um, and I don't mean it like that because we've we've stumbled onto it, so now I have to say it. But I was shown um, a few very very funny onion sketches last week, where by hook or crook, I ended up in Steve Coogan's house um, with my mate Kevin Bishop, who we're, we're we're working on some comedy ideas, and Kev's hanging out a lot at Steve's house at the moment, and said, "Oh, come up here. There's loads of room, and we can like." work and whatever and then uh steve uh turned up as as his which is fine it's his house <laughs> and that's, uh that's it ended up being a, a bit of a sort of uh a pinch yourself kind of like really fun afternoon of discussing comedy and oh, stuff wow. and uh and then like oh have you seen this have you seen that bingo started being played and uh some really, really funny, uh, yeah, onion sketches were played on on the telly, and uh, so that aside, um, I was kind of thinking, right? So what? Just I'm not, I'm not sure. How does the does the onions? Is it still like going now? Oh yeah, it's still going. Yeah, and they do these, they do these, they do these movie movie reviews as well, which are it's hilarious. A dream job, quite honestly. Yeah, like yeah. having a staff staff writer. On on a rolling thing like that, that is yeah. Well, there's the UK version as well, the Daily Mash, which is yes, which is bad, which could be very funny. It isn't bad, yeah. There is there are some good ones, but the Onion, Jesus Christ, the detail. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I've just remembered what and one the of the, the 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 concepts as well are just so they're yeah. so sophisticated. Yeah, it's really it's the what you just said. Yeah, it's taking it's taking a very basic observation and then reverse engineering it to be. Yeah, you know it's absurd that it's been discussed in that in that framework. It's just fucking so good. Man's use of the word "babe" increases exponentially as girlfriend closes in on truth. Yeah. and that is that's a masterpiece. It's great. It's so, so the the one of the sketches that we watched last week was it was about there was two teenage girls like surly, bad mood, don't really want to talk, don't want to be there, who are buddies. Mm. And the the news, you know, the the sort of chat show host, breakfast TV host characters, the male, the, the man and the woman, have got them on to dis to discuss something, and uh, it's just so funny because they set they tee them up as if they're kind of experts in a in a in a subject, yeah. But what the girls do is just bitch talk some other girl 
between them, like what a, what a bitch she is. And they, um, well, they, they, be, they could be being asked about the situation yeah. in Ukraine. Well, it, yeah, but it, it, I'm, now, I'm now not going to be able to do the sketch justice, but but it was just that thing of them, the, the fact that they were talking to them like, we've got um, these two, you know, we've, whatever their names are, Madison and whatever, who who know everything about how this went down. Madison, what was the, you know, and it's like, well, she didn't even like whatever, and she didn't even call her. So she was like, whatever. And then she'd called her a bitch. And it was just like, so stupid. <laughs> and they're, but they're like responding to them, like a kind of, you know, music. Yeah. Show. As if they're engaged in. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. the performances. Uh, yeah. Like they, re like you could, you could be forgiven almost for like, if you're, if you're, if you're making constant stuff like that, uh, it could be a bit thrown together. And a bit kind of like, yeah, yeah, this is good enough. But they, the, the people they get, the deadpan, yeah, and it's it's on a par. Many of the videos I've seen, the the actors, the actors, yes. they have the acting chops, yeah, but they also have the comedy chops. Like they're just seriously good. Like, yes, yeah. it's it's That's on a par. It's on a par with what felt amazing the first time you saw Airplane. Yeah, yeah. you know, and obviously, yeah. The, a lot of the content of Airplane has like aged pretty badly, you know. Like there's some real sort of eye-wateringly on PC bits, mm -hmm. but what what still holds up with Airplane, apart from just the gag rate, um, it's the deadpan delivery. Yeah, of something ludicrous, something yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? It's it's. I love I I do love that about comedy, you know, where you just get yeah. it's just kind of. Saying something ridiculous, but in a serious, but, but taking it seriously. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like there was a there was a great interview with Armando Iannucci on the uh, the WTF podcast recently. He was talking about that, like that was basically because I mean, really? Iannucci and Coogan and Chris Morris, like you know, coming. Oh yeah, I was certainly they were they were just like comedy heroes. I remember like listening to On the Hour. I think you introduced me to On the Hour when we lived together. Back in 20, 2001. Mm -hmm. And um, you had the tapes. I remember we used to sit there and spend hours just listening to those tapes. Yeah. And uh, and actually, I've not, because I, you know, it's like, it's a little bit like phases of bands that you're into where you, you listen to some bands so much. And mine would be like Oasis, The Stone Roses, all that stuff. I listened to them so much. They were so seminal that it's like I never need to hear it again. But then, which is a good thing, really, because you leave it alone for for like sometimes years at a time. Yeah, and I'll suddenly go, "Oh my god, I can't believe I've actually not listened to." Like the other day, I listened to the Stone Roses album all the way through and was just blown away again. Yeah, and I feel the same about that. All that comedy. Um, so, re so a another example of that is, I still think, I still think, I don't think I've seen anything that I love more than Human Remains. Human remains. Yeah, Rob Brydon and Julia Davis. Oh god! Half half hours. Yeah, yeah. Each yeah. one was just one kind of documentary style couple who oh, were never saw that. Kind of kind of low status, but also it's very very dark. Mm. And without a doubt, because I reckon that was about I'm gonna say 2000, 2001. Might be wrong. Might be mm. just before, but. It, around that same time where we were feasting on everything Chris Morris, Coogan, Iannucci, all that gang did, mm. um, Bryden and Davis came through like seamlessly fit into being as good as them. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. Yeah, Julia Davis. I mean, obviously, Brooke Bryden's become more light entertainment. Yeah, he's gone kind of the light entertainment. But good at it, you know. Yeah, really good at it. Oh, he's such a pro, yeah. But. Yeah. Julia Davis is is about as good as we've had as well. Like, and what well, is strange because like the, the I'd love you next joking aside. Next time you do come over and we hang out, we have to sit and watch a few episodes of that. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, because yeah. what I, what I what what get what strikes me about it is that all this talk that you can't say this anymore and you can't say that anymore, and um, there's a lot of uh, brilliant female comedy around. But not many people have come along, male or female. But specifically, Julia Julia Davis being a a female comic voice. Her and um, the lady that does um, the pod, they do a podcast together recently. Did Joan and Jerrica? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you introduced me. Salute, yeah, green. Yeah. Who's the lady Wait. on that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but oh, the, the two of them together, like, yeah, 
Joan like... and Jerrica, and also Jess Hines. Uh, dear Joan and Jerrica, Vicky Pepperdine, or Pepperdine, yeah. however you say it. So I just love really, really eye-watering, harsh, near the knuckle when it's done. It has to be done so well. Otherwise, it's just like mm. crass, attention-seeking, shock-jock type humour. But I think I honestly think uh, Julia Davis is like, I can't think of anyone above her at that that um sensibility yeah yeah and, and there it is in pretty much the one of the because mighty night obviously would know nowhere near get made now but you don't think oh no 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 not at the moment i'm not saying ever and i'm not saying there wouldn't be somewhere where that would be brave enough and then everyone else would be kicking themselves saying you know but we have we have we've really lost something with with the uh the, the 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 fear of offending we really really have and uh i was yeah. just watching I, it I, i'm wondering is that is, is there not some sort of a swing back though i hope you know you know people are like it's almost like there was a kind of an, a massive overcorrection yeah. culturally has has taken place and now it's sort of leveling out people going oh hold on a second well yeah. you know, because you just get, get sick back to you get sick of being preached to and this doesn't matter what's what yeah. side your your tastes out it's yeah. like in all directions this whole thing of everyone policing what everyone can say and it can't let that and intuitively it absolutely gets my goat up i simply as if i feel that, that that there's that kind of agenda going on and what i'm listening to i just i i, I, I want to switch off you know you want to be treated like an intelligent adult yeah exactly it's just what, like that's not what, what you're listening to just leave it alone you know and yeah, the, exactly, the, the, yeah. The, the but the grey area there is is obviously there is uh, and it still exists and in a really toxic way. But if you go back to the eighties and nineties, and I've had this conversation with Miles before, the fact is that leaves the door open for your your Jim Davidsons and your Bernard Mannings and all that kind of stuff, and so you don't get to say, oh no, those people can't speak, but we're allowed to say this sick stuff over here. Mm-hmm. It's like so on balance. When I think about it, it feels as if I think that allowing people to be awful as long as they're not breaking the law or it's not, uh, I don't know, where's the line between really yeah, where's the line? Yeah, like yeah. dodgy comedy and hate speech that, well, that yeah, that I think that's the point. It becomes right wing yeah. propaganda, but then you yeah. know, all that. Hang on. I think when obviously when something veers into hate speech, uh, it is. I don't know. I, I, you know, it's there's, there's, there's. I've, you know, over the years of there's people have formulated, you know, ideas about oh, you know, companies should be kind of only kind of bottom up as opposed to top down. You know, that the, the top down like country, yeah, punching up exactly. But then, like, I, I think then you go, well, that's a bit limiting as well. Like, I think, I think the bottom line is that maybe the comic himself has to be in at the joke or has to be. You know, has yeah. to also. He's part of the joke. I yeah. think, man. Sure. You know, those old school, those old school comedians who just were like constantly being racist. Yes, it's uh, like they were sneering, and they were felt they, there was an edge to the point they were making. It yeah, was, that was there's the, no irony. There's no pushing. It know? was pun- punching down, and it was like humiliating. Yeah, and humiliating, which, which 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 is problematic. Yeah, yeah, and. and that's that's where it becomes, and then that's where it becomes, you know. But even just the difference between someone standing and telling jokes and stories that are trading on awful stereotypes is, for me, it's already different. Like, so there is a character in uh, one of the episodes of uh, Mighty Night where Bryden and Davis are a couple who are having a baby. He's he's a little Welsh dude with bleached hair who's just a dick to his wife and is a bit controlling and awful. And she is just basically playing a really dumb, floppy character who has no context that she's not been treated nicely. So it's basically you're watching an abusive relationship. Yeah, but they're they're both so convincing that and it's it is horrible, but it's very very funny. Uh, but he is, he's basically, they're basically playing, uh, thick working class characters, not knowing what's good for them. 
but the skill and the observation and the, how well the lines are written, that, that there's a veil of irony on it, and there's a veil, there's a there's a veil of the level of detail in it is to me is a form of respect. Yeah, they're not they've not just they've not just put on a shell suit and gone. Oh, I'm a chav. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, which some some characters have gone like a bit. You know, some character comedy is a bit too, especially live stuff. You get a lot of just stick a wig on, do a voice. Mm. But when you when you see that level of uh, realism, so it, it's recreating what a, a real depressing documentary about that kind of life. But then, but then you just go to uh, a sort of slightly uh, cruel and mean, ironic place. And what you're really, what that joke is really saying is, this is this this stuff is sad. It's really sad. But it's so sad that it's it's so hopeless that you've almost got to it's gallows humour. You've got to laugh with it. And uh, like you said, you want to be treated as an adult that can recognise that that's what that is doing without some fucking debate. Meaning, yeah, not sure, this well, can we can just shut it down. No, but make it available, and then if, if if a person doesn't like it, they go watch something else. I mean, you know, this is this is the issue I have with mm. with the with the with this with this with cancel culture and this this idea of what we can and can't watch being policed. It's like you don't like to watch something. Well, the the I think yeah, you're right that there might be a bit of a change because, in my opinion, what will start to happen, and it probably is happening, is that the the hand wringing that people do is never really thought through, and what happens is the argument starts to eat itself. Because, yeah. for example, um, someone like Netflix will want to show that they uh, are, are putting out stuff and getting behind uh, stuff for an audience, like say Dave Ch Chappelle or or Chris Rock or whatever. Then, and it's like we're championing, you know, black comedy, right? But then there will be like a bit in that routine that someone else who has different concerns about a different issue will see something in that comedy they think means that that should be shut down. Mm. And then, but then in the other direction, someone will do, uh, you know, a special that that is uh, maybe got stuff in it that is punching at the people who are anti gay rights and whatever and that and that'll be skillfully done and it'll be brilliant but not everyone will agree with it and someone will be you know someone will be shouting that stuff down and that might be stuff that i defend but someone else thinks that that's offensive and has a go at it and says that it's crass or or someone will will fairly make a comparison that why is that comedian allowed to portray and do down that side of the political argument but that person whose stuff is more like that isn't allowed to punch those people without being told, you know, accused of, of being small-minded. And, and so, like, you, can't, you don't get very far before it all lattices into itself. Uh, so, yeah, I do think that in the long run, like you say, but within, within, you within reason, you should just let everyone get on with it. Yeah, because it, it seems like in the last couple of years as well, it's like the, the range of topics that are kind of suddenly no-go territories have increased. Yeah. And the sort of the line of what's acceptable has is, is shrinking all the time, and it's like, well, who's making these decisions? Yeah. You know? and and you know, have the content out there, and you know, trust people to sort of make their own decisions and things. I mean, yeah, like you know. it's it's a tricky one because I really didn't like the kind of the lines that got the headlines when Gervais did a special recently, and he he went to a really sort of crass, obvious place with with his with his rant about oh. trans stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is with him is that usually he's smart enough to make and explain the argument before he then says the thing that is the obvious, immature, offensive joke, right? Yeah. It's like he technically did do that, but I still fe felt like I still felt like the punchline was so playground where he ended up just saying, lose the cops. Oh. Like it was, you know, it was like on some levels, technically it was a sort of perfect punchline for what he was doing, but it, but it really did just feel like you've, you really elaborately explained something that is just like, uh, in the street, that would be like not acceptable. If, if, if I, if I saw some blokes shouting that in the street, at a, a trans person, I would, I would, I would be telling them to fucking shut their fucking mouth. 
and that, okay. uh, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that I don't have opinions within that that wider subject where we, we've been trying to everyone's trying to like figure out what what we as a, a society do with uh, that part of our culture. But yeah, I mean, and I don't know, maybe it's still right that 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 special is shown with that punchline still in it because then that's part of the debate. I don't know, but yeah, but then but then, again, people draw their own opinions. You look at it and go, well, yeah. that's a bit crass, and yeah. you know, I. I mean, I think I saw parts of that routine as well. And I felt, yeah, it's, you know, parts of it were, it was too easy. The joke was too obvious. You're thinking, mm. so you can do better than that. I think Bill Burr's, Bill, from what I've not seen a lot of these people, but Bill Burr, less special. I, I'd never heard of him before. Well, I had heard of him. Yeah, he's the walking camp gay. He's quite, yeah. And I thought his level of skill, but still disguised as kind of like, oh, I'm just a brash guy and a normal guy and I'm just going to say it. I thought he carried, I think he's, that's very skillful how he does yeah. it, I think. But, you know, he's making some of the same points, you know, but it just felt like. He's sailing, sailing close to the wind, isn't he? Well, yeah, but it's like, how, how good is your bullshit detector? It, I, I think is, if you're, if you're very good at showing that your bu bullshit detector is actually an accurate machine, you can say all sorts of things. And it doesn't have to be so cloaked in legal speak and irony and whatever because that ends up just making you look like a smart ass i think he for me he in, in you know in the last couple of years some of those big specials that people argue about whether you should be angry at it or not i think burr is really fucking impressive you know yeah i must i i must actually watch i you know I, I've, I've never i've sort of seen him on talk shows but i've never watched one of his routines fully true um He's quite abrasive, isn't he? He's quite yeah, yeah definitely. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Kind very, of, very skillful with it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like meat and potatoes, kind of like truck driving guy. He just can't be doing with it all anymore. But but he's not. He's not a hateful human being, other yeah. than in the ways that he tells you, knowingly that he is one. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, things yeah. do piss him off, and, what, yeah, and that yeah. that's what's interesting when you go. Yeah, I'm like struggling with that. That pisses me off and it makes me do whatever. But then to discuss that from a position of kind of knowing it could be portrayed as a flaw is already a skillful thing to do because you're sort of saying, uh, I know this won't be popular and I get it, but that's like, I think that's, I think that's quite mature, really. Well, you spend your time writing comedy, right? So are you, do you find yourself, do you, have you got into the habit now of kind of, not self-censoring or self-policing more than you would have say five six seven years ago i mean it you know obviously like when i'm doing my job it's sometimes literally to a brief that is someone else's brief um but when i'm when i'm muck, mucking around with ideas of something that i want to write it's a tricky one because if you're pitching you are pitching knowing that you've got to justify so you've got to try and create a universe where you can then, within your pitch, say this will be an opportunity to to create these types of characters to discuss that issue in these terms so that then it stops them being scared of the issue. And I'm actually currently working on an idea that, uh, yeah, I'm intending to build a universe where those where conversations can happen. I don't want really to give the idea away yet until I've pitched it, but... It's like you could create a, you've got to create the uh, precinct where then it's like that's where this stuff will be played out. But you have to sort of promise to do it with skill and then you've got to pull it off. So if someone's going to be brave enough to say, all right, I can see what you're getting at. Let's see what that would look like in script form. I think they should at least be fucking commissioning scripts to see to see how skillful the, the, the material can be. That's what That's what it's for. That's what the process is for. You know, write the fucking script, shoot the pilot, figure out what the tone is. Let's let's be brave. So, like, yeah, I, I don't want to back away from things, but the the tiring no, need need the tiring bit is if you want to get paid for your work, you might have to. You will end up pitching things that are safer, just to make sure that you're working, and then that what happens is everything on TV will be a load of shit. Yeah, well, that's the slippery slope, isn't it? Everything just feels really safe. And yeah. 
people intuit that and they'll just switch off. I mean, that's happened to pop music, hasn't it? I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of music being made on a lo in a lot of different ways out there. I mean, we've got access to loads of stuff. But people in music will tell you that uh, the sort of algorithms knowing what sells leading, therefore what they're asking for and commissioning, that which is true in across the media, it's like they're now getting sort of data feedback saying we need more of this. And that frightens me because yeah. on one hand you can get informed on what to pitch so you can get paid to do some work. It's probably not that bad a thing, but it does mean that no one is just allowing originality to flourish. Originality is scary to people. Yeah, but also like the music we grew up listening to, like the sense I had, I mean, I was a huge fan of the Smiths. Uh, like the sense you had was, what I loved about the music was that the, was, they were based, it was, they were, the, the singers were, they were singing about something personal to them. And they were singing about the world that they grew up in mm. and characters within this world and how life was. And that, the music was great, but it was also, I remember as a 15, 16 year old listening to this stuff, it was the stories and it was the world that was being evoked that really interested me. Like Salford, you know, this place is these characters and these little narratives. I mean, that was almost as much as the music, it was the stories. And like, I look at my kids now, this, the stuff they listen to, my oldest is 12. And the, the lyrics are all nonsensical. I mean, it's basically just they could, anybody, like a drugged horse could have written. <laughs> yeah, like it's really, and, it, and, and, and they're either nonsensical or this kind of like, or really crass and really misogynistic or ridiculously overhyped and euphoric. Mm. And on like, you know, this kind yeah, of unearned, yeah. unearned, unearned euphoria. Yeah, you know, where there's all the soaring stuff and you're going, why are you? And I said, literally, teenagers are much more interested in being introspective and they're interested in kind of the complexities of what it feels like to be a growing... Yeah, instead of just something that is designed to make people jump up and down. Yeah. Where are the like, yeah. We're diamonds in the skies. We're fighting. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. I would have just, had I been 15 or 16, I would have thought that was a whole pile of shit. Yeah, but there was always, there was always candy pop music there was but you know the yeah. puppy-ish stuff but the irony being you talk about having like a dead horse a drugged horse could have written it there was a period in the 70s where it was very fashionable to have a drugged horse in the studio it's <laughs> 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 actually yeah, seen no. as beneficial to the creative process yeah yeah i think if you were a drug if you were a horse on drugs the 70s was a great moment for you great time it was a great time there was just lots of work and yeah, just uh, uh, you know yeah yeah um, but well, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, there is, but do you know what I mean about, about, about narrative and stories? It was like, and like the cure, like if I remember listening to the cure, like these little worlds that they took him into, like a forest, it was like they were atmospheric as well. Like, mm. You know, it was like, but also it's the point of view of the person, which, yeah, by dint of saying I'm young and I'm creative and I'm dis, I'm unsatisfied. Oh, this is what I think about stuff. Yeah, and even if you didn't think exactly the same thing, the comforting thing was I am also unsatisfied. This yeah. person is now expressing something that I don't have to get on board with, but I can. And you know, I also now think, yeah, I, I, I've got a sardonic view on where I live. Maybe I'll pick a guitar up, and you won't yeah. say the same thing in the same way, but it's yeah. sort of like telling you that you're allowed to just be like, well, it's life's full of bullshit. Let's yeah. let's say something about it. You know, still to this day, that is the main thing driving me wanting to write. Life, yeah. people are hypocrites. Life's full of fucking bullshit, and it's very hard. And it's I, very hard. And you've got to process it through a filter that means that you can uh, express yourself, but also maybe entertain some people uh, while you're doing it. You know, I would say, yeah, I would say that's that's, that's exactly it. That's well, exactly it. Well, well, agree with me then. Connor, I am. I am well, actually agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. What, and I'm supposed to be grateful for that, am I? You know, I, I work. I work so hard to make this work. Right. Soon you'll be just plumping off to the oven again to bake something. Yeah, I can feel it. I can feel a a very angry pie coming on. <laughs>
Right, really passive-aggressively going to make a beef and ale pie. Meanwhile, I'm sure there are some situations in the village that require an actual fire brigade. Oh, yeah. Well, that's on them. That's on them. Yes. Well, you just in, you just enjoy you just enjoy your your seven pints that you've not paid for. Well, you trot out the same platitudes about the high seas, and um, I mean, what we're doing here without even this is like this is good stuff. We're basically wrapping the show up because I know you've got to leave. Um, sure. Uh, is that right? You you've got to be somewhere in a minute. Uh, yeah, I got to jump. I got to jump off here and then uh, shortly. But but you know, no no rush. Um, well, I've now backed us into a sort of yeah. Then we have to you know it was actually we were getting to it organically and then you've you've mm. made us both self conscious. I've made it matter. The viewer, <laughs> you've made it matter, yeah. and the viewer as they listen to this now, is going to start feeling a nod of tension. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot it's, of it's, cringing and toe curling going on. Yeah. It's, if there was a there producer... two blokes going, right, we have to wrap this up. If there was a um, producer in Mama's Demis, now they would be yeah. looking through a window at me doing the uh, cut, 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 yeah. cut, cut, get out, get out, get out, get him off. <laughs> get him but off. that's the beauty of the podcast space is that uh, it's a more honest space. Yes. Um... So, do you have anything interesting to be doing today? Today, uh, I've got to do some stuff with the kids. I was basically, I've just been away for 10 weeks, so I'm just sort of re-engaging in uh, family life. So, I've got um, got various bits and bobs to do with the kids. Um, Lovely. You know, their, their weeks are busy and stuff, so I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of back in sort of full-time dad mode at the moment. Um, Very nice. I'm writing... When they're at school on a project, but um, that's with an Irish writer. So oh, right. Writing something together. Um, a drama? A, yeah, it's a feature film. It's a, dra- it's, a, it's, a, it's a drama, but it'd be kind of a genre genre film, kind of psychological horror thing, which is kind of a genre I love doing. So we're um, we're just, at the moment, we're, we have a treatment, but we're kind of interrogating it a bit trying to get it working and trying to get the beats working as well as we can before we submitted for funding. Very good. Sounds like yeah. sounds like you'll be very happy together. Maybe um Will did you see him when when you were He makes he I tell you he weeks. makes he makes the most amazing tarts, which I would never lose. I mean not even the tavern would keep me away from his apple tarts. You're a bastard. You are a uh, you are a bastard. You're a pig. You're a pig, Tonham. You're a pig. You're a pig. Oh, this is it. This is how you keep me on the hook. Yeah. I mean, I like nothing better than just chopping through that gate and having the waft of hit of those apple tarts in my nose. You know, I'm now going to, yeah, I'm now, within five minutes of this, I'm going to be angrily chopping rhubarb and listening listening to Keen. <laughs> No amount of drunken, toothless, slightly intimidating satyrs can keep me away from those apples. All right, I tell you. Oh, Not at all. Oh, you little tease. Yeah, little tease. Well, Tom oh, Morrissey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love you and leave you. Uh, thank you so much yeah, for coming, in, coming and having a chat. Let's, let's, let's do some more. Yeah, and um, time. Yeah, like I really hope we figure out when we can next hang out. Uh, we need to. We need. We well do uh, food, wine, and movie watch we sessions. Are. Have a look at. Go and see Tower. If you haven't seen Tower, oh, really, go and see Tower. It is the best film I have seen in the cinema in the last year. Okay, personally, well, I just think yeah. it's incredible. Thanks for I'll the tip, uh, and, and, and everyone, please feel free to take that advice or leave it or but, leave it. but leave it. Uh, I would trust your judgement so I, I reckon that's a goodie yeah oh it's Kate Blanchard and Tara now bloody hell alright have a look I will alright right thanks, thanks for coming man and, no worries um, chat soon chat soon alright see you Nick I'm see you in a bit bye buddy
Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I'm, I'm one. <laughs>